welcome to The View from the North Curve, a fairly regular podcast covering all things North Curve Celtic. I'm your host Kev, I'm joined uh, as usual by Tony and by Connor. Um, this is episode two now of our wee Green Brigade sort of special that we're doing. Uh, just a big thanks to everybody for tuning in again um, and I hope you all enjoyed episode one that was released there. We were sort of covered, gave her a wee insight into the early days of the Green Brigade, um, how things all came about. Uh, we left it when we were sort of in the ground. Um, myself and Tony spoke a wee bit about how we got to there. And for this episode, we're going to be going on for there, telling everybody, you know, how things developed, how things went on, um, and how we eventually got to where we are just now in the, in the safe standing area in the real seating area in the north curve so again just a big thanks to everybody for tuning in um, what we'll do is jump into a wee quick break and come back and myself and Tony will bore you out of tears again <laughs> cheers Left it last time we were in the ground, banner was made, um, statement was out. Hope nobody actually went on to read it. <laughs> uh, can you tell us a wee bit about how we sort of went on for there? You know, where we, we'd mentioned about how the first couple of games in the ground in 118 and areas, different areas in the stadium, how we went on for there into the sort of older block and, and kind of going on for there. Yeah, well, the. 118 there wasn't any great plan I reckon it wasn't like we thought that was a specific area of the ground that we could make something work it was purely because the first few games that we were inside the stadium as we mentioned in the last podcast we we were in 118 so getting to 111 sorry um, there wasn't any great plan behind it I think it was basically three original boys kind of thing they knew somebody in the ticket office in the first place that they could get three rooms sitting together well, I don't even think it was that I think it was sta- some bit on a, bla- a back block mm-hmm. so they could actually stand without aye. any hassle I like back row type back row type thing so it could have easily been a top tier yep. number but um, somebody in the tackle office had there was any cut of spaces or three or four spaces clear at the back of 111 so they basically went for kind of an nomadic type thing, I think the banner was up at I 118 early doors, it was, we done a paper mall, one of the first games we were at Celtic Park, it was the, if being Irish means you're guilty, yep. remember that, guilty and one so the, the group banner was up basically with the Cano kids are now, oh, yeah, I. so I, I can't quite com- remember exactly when, but I know that the three boys, they got their tickets first, mm-hmm. you were still, I was still in 143 mate, right. where I had, but yeah, I got my season booking night five for the stadium opening so I was always in the same space all the time uh, but once they got in that area I was just making my way over yeah. with the rest of the boys that were all kind of involved uh. so we were just kind of going up there and the guys running about that area were mint it was mm-hmm. they were spot on you know what I mean they, were, they weren't really into your style of support and all that yeah. but I suppose it was maybe a wee novelty for them mm-hmm. having ten 
bodies up there Aye. singing away and we weren't really doing any body any harm know what I mean we were just up there having a laugh ourselves and there was no great plans Aye. for what we're kind of got to know it was basically us just our aim was always kind of we're going to be in a way type group I think I actually says that in the statement that we wouldn't be able to do it in the home because we didn't think there'd be any sort of chance mm-hmm. I sell it Guinness yeah. because obviously we're opening a statement we kind of nailed our colours to the mast about what we were into so we thought there's not hope in hell mm-hmm. the cell it would accommodate us so it was basically just be stealth try to get people moved up and and that was basically it for the first couple of seasons there was nothing really major no, I mean the, the group was, was improving TIFO wise yeah. and we were getting dribs and drabs in uh, but they weren't always getting to the, the backer one 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 it was getting sort of halfway oh, up do you remember it was like I think it's actually quite it was free and then it was like the week and a kind of thing aye. so you were getting two people there one person there somebody in one one two yeah. they were jumping in so slowly but surely we kind of got everybody aye. in the vicinity like, type thing aye. that's exactly it and it was just a case of going up but um, as it says if, you, if people are on YouTube and different stuff like that They'll, they'll see some of the the kind of earlier Aye, the old, nights old in the books. first if you're going for 2006 probably didn't start getting people at the back of our man man in maybe 2007 so you're talking there was maybe two two year yep. I just no much on fees of bodies mate really to be honest um, two fo- 2009 uh, under Mowbray that would have been yeah um, I don't think Hings had any shit yet under him, that was a wee bit later on. But I can mind on about October time, early doors in the cup, we had a game against Hearts. Midweek. Midweek yeah. game. And there was, uh, there's actually a video on YouTube. That's quite a famous one, isn't it? Uh, the right, video. That's one of our kind of earliest yeah. ones. And for that game, I think that was one that we first tried to get people kind of congregating <laughs> up to the back area. Um, after and we obviously thought that was amazing that was us going to kick on for then but if you kind of remember after that one it was we done the, the trophy going down the pan banner mm-hmm. uh, which had a lot and obviously John Reed had came in yeah. so the banner was kind of famously upside down which Aye. if we're doing another episode about different stages of the group you can talk Aye, about yeah, that kind of thing up. but obviously the banner was upside down because yeah. of John Reed the visual mm-hmm. sign of distress goes back to the pirates and aye. fucking shit and sailing all that we could go into that for ages but um, aye so we, we kind of had that um, so the John Reed stuff I think we done a cut of like the, the bloody Sunday banner mm-hmm. that was that year and, and I think that same game we had the banner uh, we'd been having troubles with the club kind of thing nothing major but it was problems with the stewards and different stuff like that so we done the banner at Reed with a snake with yeah. the body of the snake with the keys and the, mm-hmm. the wee guy hanging up on his lip and I think it was the message was something like 12th man PLC don't give a so damn or some something like that so but then we were really, that was when we were having problems with the club know what I mean yeah. but we weren't really making any headway at Celtic Park in that section but it was that season near the end of it we had the, the Youth Cup semi-final first against Livingston mm-hmm. because the we main were, stand the main stand and that was how we because we were only going to 1-1-1 mm-hmm. we 
because we went to part of the main stand and everybody could pay in, that was where we could gauge how our numbers were. Numbers and, and we had, was, I couldn't even tell you, man, but it was a right few Aye, hundred, I have imagined. And then obviously we went through that game and we played the final against the Huns at Hamden. Yep. Now obviously, we'll, we'll kind of know, but just in case people are listening, don't know that was the game Celtic wanted to give the free game of the season. So it was. Ticket against mm. Altmar. I think it was like a couple of thousand or whatever I, it was. Yeah, I, I think the range between 900 and a couple of thousand was, uh, I think it was for the attendance. But we had the uh, cordial for the Brazen Heat yep. to the game. And that was the first time we'd ever done that. And like the highest estimates people says we had on that was 8-900. So I think that was when we realised that fuck we've got a, something a kind of monster on our horns here. And I think Selic realised yep. that we've got to do something. Especially off the back of all this sort of John Reid stuff and yeah, that as well. Because, as you say, we were having issues with them, yeah. but we just couldn't get people in. But people were starting to migrate and migrate, and it was getting heavy, fucking really overcrowded yeah. up the back. And it was getting. We didn't think it was dangerous, but mm. for a safety perspective, it was dodgy as fuck because you had somebody standing on a chair, somebody in front of them, people in front of them. When we scored, it was oh, bedlam, chaos, you can mind, know what I mean? So I think we certainly realised that the numbers that we were pulling there, I think they kind of thought, I need to do something, yeah. Something's going to get done. And um, were you involved with the first talk, talks for the block? No, not if I, I was I was in the group, but just I, no. I think Bertie, of, was, Bertie was one was of the sort of I mean. was involved with it, but the... They had, they had spoke for a couple of months regarding the block, but there was nothing concrete. The season yep. the season finished, and we went away to San Paolo for the... the I think tournament. it was... No, it wasn't a tournament. It was the... Uh, there was no San Paolo's anniversary or something. Oh, yeah. so it was. Remember so we was had I. congratulations yep. and all that kind of thing. And when we were in Hamburg, that was when we got the message that Celtic had gave us a block. Obviously, Mowbray had got the bullet. Yep. Lennon had come in for, for the semi-final and the last right. games kind of thing. He says about bringing the funder and all that, and where are the kind of, when he wants to get stars aligned, kind of thing, but where what he was trying to push, and yeah. the numbers we were pulling, and they couldn't control us, then everything just kind of fell apart. Like that, that was when they must have thought it would really go to try to maybe control this somehow. Aye. And that was when 2010, 11 yeah. season, and that was when we got the first block at mm-hmm. 1 1 1. It's 2010-11 season, uh, Neil Lennon's in, we've got this middle block at the, the back of one one one. Um I think the first game that we were at was against Braga, yep. the, uh, we had the heel-heel display, it was the scarf. kind of scarfs mm-hmm. with heel-heel, and, anyway, but obviously if this is a podcast about safe standing, we kind of don't want to go into the ins and outs of different much. stuff like that, you know what I mean, we can, mm-hmm. we can do that in different Aye. podcasts. We'd be, this is before maybe we kind of hero or kind of thing, but that obviously did help the group a lot because we were doing like Jockstein actions and yep. all that, and we were doing full stadium huddles. Oh, that times better, wasn't it? I know. I was when we were first starting to get the end to end chants yep. and different stuff. So even though in the few years prior to that, people knew about the group because of the displays. Yep. I think that season was when people 
we can I put our standpoint in Celtic but you know what I mean the chance wise and yeah. different stuff like that and bringing in a whole different kind of aye. culture to the rest of the support aye. and we'll just do a wee yeah or a huddle back, and all back, that that we take off basically that was it mate so but even though we were having that success that way it wasn't stopping issues with Celtic yeah um, you'll know and all we, we were only in the, the section a couple of months and they were aye straight away they were sending out letters about yeah. standing which we says to them we would be standing in the block mm-hmm. and he says to turn a blind eye to but then it was standing, it was lateral movement, it was waving flags aggressively. Yeah. Uh, the cops it's mental, were, it's mental the cops when were you trying to get in. It. it was constantly, I think right. there was letters getting sent out every month to the yeah. people in the block. So yeah. I don't know where a Celtic fort will get in that area and that will, that's going to be an end. Yeah, they'll toe the line a wee bit more but or obviously, there was still, we'd only had that wee section. Yeah. So the migration didn't stop, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of how many stewards they put in. Yeah. There's still people who try to barge in. If we were only going to budge on the way we were going to support. Yeah. Uh, maybe we got a wee bit bolder with the. Um, no, that's maybe talking shite. Probably didn't get bolder with the Rebs because we still done the Rebs at the back, back of Arm and Arm, but maybe right. we were a wee bit louder. Yeah. People recognise for. Aye, the, definitely. But songs we're bringing back in that you. Because maybe under a Neil you maybe heard Dodd go on home and different Aye. stuff, but you didn't really hear many Rebs at. Park, you know what I mean? So I think that was a wee bit of an eye opener for them as well. But um, as we say, for the 2010, right up to well, getting a safe standing, there was there was constant yeah, problems with the clubs. Um, I think the club we had prior to them getting us that block, we we had been asking about safe standing, but I think right. it was mere pipe dream yep. stuff. Um, it was in one year out the other, wasn't it? Most of the times, just like when in 2010 it's when we go to section that it was kind of the select did commission some sort of study but it wasn't with us it was with it, I think I, I'm not 100% but I think the it was trust, with the select trust or some sort of association I think yep. we were kind of in the bad books for so I don't know whether they were planning to maybe do a safe standing section but have it maybe it's a safe enough PC type aye, friendly aye. I don't know if that was again yeah fuck knows to be honest mate but I know that they did commission that and we were kind of out the loop but as we say there, for 2010 up to, we did get a safe standing, the, their issues didn't cease. It. So Aye. I think that the fort... Even materials and stuff, getting it through, like default materials, oh, getting them through the gates with stewards. There times that we were, there, like, we had default plans for derby games and you spent like a couple of grand in manures and different stuff yep. like that and they were stopping it. And there was all a hassle with the stewards as well, people in charge of the section or in that area, they were... Find it with But then also you had because they were obviously stewards in different boozers in the toon. Yeah. You had you were there was trouble outside. Aye. You'd mind they were trying to bully some mm. of the boys in the hangman and then you were going to different boozers and seeing when they worked and you it was all spilling out outside, so it was getting a it was getting a bit hairy with few few boys, you know what I mean? But um I can't quite remember when we first got hanged with the safe stand and this is when you Aye, got a wee bit more involved. I can remember yeah. with the the sort of the dialogue and all that that we had with the club and as you say, all the constant ongoing issues, it was you know, they're saying to us, Oh, you only to sit down, they're saying, Well, it's just ridiculous to even you have gave us that, you know, original section, knowing fine well what we're all about, how we support the team. Uh, just it's the mad to even suggest you know we're going to sit down but I can remember when we used to go in 
and Elisa Duke and Duke went in and one of his lines that always sticks in my head during that time was that the club cater you know they cater for the support that like to pay for pay an extra wee bit go in and get a comfy seat their pie and their, their programme and their wee pint at half time or whatever but he's only catering for the supporters that I the supporters that want to create atmosphere because there was a demand there not just at, uh, at Celtic Park at every every support up and down the country um, there was demand for standing there and it was always at them always you know even if it was meetings whereby it was other issues it was always at them about that you know why don't you look, look at Europe look at look at the other examples how it works over there you know Germany was always a constant kind of example of how well it worked with the you know the safe standing areas so as you say we were on at them for, for ages um, and I think to give them their due probably one of the only times to give them their due but they eventually came round to the idea but it was more I always got the impression it was more because you know yourself everything in Celtic's eyes is about PR and about money and I always got the impression it was more because they could be seen to be like the first club that would do it and the, the club that could lead it and the club that could bring it here so they're probably looking at it thinking oh, all eyes are going to be on us it's I know no, no, definitely I, I know what you mean. but uh, so we're constantly at them and you know when it eventually kind of started making tracks I think as you say it probably got to the point for the club they had to do something you know it was getting it was getting pretty bad in that area like health and safety wise um, like last minute goals and all that you'd fucking end up 10 rows in front of yourself and there was issues actually inside the section and all with the stewards aye aye hawk it was nearly coming to blows wasn't it some days um, but <coughs> I think you know we were in constant even after that we were in constant sort of meetings with them and always in their ear about that why don't you you know you just need to start catering for that type of support others it's not going to go away um, maybe a wee bit uh, similar to the sort of pyro argument but as you say to a little that's a, that's a, a debate for another one uh, that's, that's the kind of thing with, aye, with, no, with no. you can't stop me one the stone and you yeah. see unilateral well, that's movement it's 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 there's demand for it earning the support and it, it wasn't going to go anywhere so uh, you know they eventually came round to it um, they brought in sort of independent safety experts and stuff one of the guys a guy Steve Frosdick um does a lot of work throughout Europe in different clubs and I think he done work for UEFA and all that. He's a nice enough guy but pure polar opposite for you know thinking he was just yeah. solely health and safety. They brought they brought him in to kinda see if it would be he might he used to walk about the old section with clipboard mm. and all that and you know uh, taking down stuff and but we went the club involved everybody as you said about the study and the trust being the ones that were um, pushing it at that time. They involved everybody, I think it was the five main organisations at the time was us, the Trust, the Affiliation, the Irish Association and the CSA. Uh, I used to go to all these wee sort of road shows and demos and all that but I think we as a group at the time were, they would obviously be, would have been brilliant if it happened but I think we were that used to it, just constantly be at loggerheads with the club but we were, we were just doing what we'd done anyway and if it, but as I say I think it just got too much for them. As I say, I think it just got too much for the, but as I say, I think it just got too much for the club and eventually they had to they had to do something. Um they went to Germany, I think was it Borussia Dortmund they went sort of Munich oh, maybe if I remember right. I think it was Borussia Dortmund they went to see 
uh, how they operate it, the real seating or the safe standing sort of area. And they were then at the point where they were lodging applications into the council to see if they could get it, you know, the wheels in motion type thing. Because they lodged quite a few and it was always aye. knocked back. We, what was that, a safety advisory group? Safety advisory group, aye. It was, that's it, just, was that not just plodding? Well, I'll leave it up to everybody's imagination why the, why the applications were getting knocked back. The, the advisory groups made up of like police and Glasgow City right, Council and, and stuff. The final say on aye, it, they, I think they basically grant Celtic the ability to tick all their health and safety yeah. boxes to open the stadium and stuff but and this is about the time that you've still got offensive behaviour at football and we're at constant thing with the busies and full scale riots up uh, with Gallagher and different things right, like that yeah. so I mean it was because I think we, we were in meetings with Celtic for ages and you know they were they were saying to us that they, they're knocking back the applications but we're saying to them the you guys are actually making this place a risk now because we are investing all this money. I think the figure to turn the turn the area into what it is was like three hundred grand or just over three hundred grand. So they were saying to the council, we're investing in our you know our supporters' safety, and you're knocking it back. It's not going. To, it's an issue. It's not going to go anywhere. Um, so you's in turn are making this area unsafe, and I think that was the argument that eventually got it kind of over the line type thing. Um, and when it came, you know, I'd, I don't know about yourself, but I, I personally felt in the old block, we spoke in the last one about kind of growing so fast, so uh, so big, kind of quickly. Um, I felt we'd kind of took that block to as far as we could go, you know, we couldn't get any Definitely. more bodies in. You'd said about Lennon coming in and it was hard to get season books relocated in with a waiting list of like fucking 400 or 500. Um, and all of a sudden we had this opportunity of a kind of blank canvas we were discussing with the club at the time about you know numbers wise um, we we settled in 900 I think it was so we were you know That's tripling the first our three box down the bottom maybe there was a big mind a big sort of discussion with us like internally about where we were going to go because obviously being in the curve and the sort of normal setup for mobs across Europe is to be at the front to be the you know the visual point at the front but a lot of boys were saying eh, you know being under that roof where we were up the back it was cracking for like vocals and, and acoustics stuff, and stuff you know you said there earlier about only numbering like two and three hundred but we were managing to belt out you know full stadium chants mm-hmm. and different things like that and there was quite a big debate about you know where should we go um, this is when Rogers was Coming just into his first season, wasn't it? Aye, just coming into play, aye. Um, so I just kind of, I think we settled ourselves and then went to the club, went to Celtic. I can, mind, I can mind the kind of, we went, we were doing a, was it Rodgers had came in, um, they were still taking seats out at that time, because we were on the main stand, that was a, yep. the, oh, the, the, the unveiling of Rodgers. Unveiling, aye, aye. But there were only so many of the seats were away, and I think we had a TIFO meeting. No, so we did. After it. So we did, and it's not in the, the scorching mind. Right. Some split the skies, and we went into the one one man area yep. just to kind of have I a just to get a nosey. All the seats were out, and I it was just that tifo meet, didn't we? And then just went in for it. And it was just all the the concrete. Can I hang? There was no seats or anything in it, and the sun was splitting down, and we were kind of looking at the front bit and going, "I was cracking actually." This is this is kind of where we. There's a cracking picture of that, I know actually, there's a cracking picture somewhere, I'll need to dig it, and all the boys just kind of mulling about it. I think that was the night that we kind of went, 
Aye, we should be doing the front here. And we'll, we'll work with the fucking vocals, know what I mean? Yep. But visually for us, obviously the at the back of Wham Wham Wham, that was where we kind of grew a wee bit. But before, if we're up there, then... It was taking it to that sort of next level a wee bit, wasn't it? Before it could die, I think that was what kind of fucking swayed it. Aye. Yes. And then we, we were in discussions with the club and they were, to give them their due, they were pretty good with the likes of the, for explaining to them about how we'd need, you know, the, the sort of wee stand for the, the boys at the front and the megaphones and we'd need a, a barrier or a rail for our banners and stuff mm. like that, so that all came into place. Um, but no, it was it was brilliant as we say. We were for a long time. We were just kind of if it happens, it happens type thing. We did. I don't think anybody really expected it to happen. Um, but when it came around, it was uh, it was crying. Really, really good. Right, uh, Kev was well. That was us in the the safe standing area. The Cooper V Capo standing, all that kind of stuff. And obviously, it's usually about this time in these be podcasts that we did the kind of questions for an off cuff but obviously we've kind of just came together the night kind of off the cuff the, the cuff just to try to get a quick one about safe standing yep. out just so people's got a wee understanding of it but um, one thing I think might be interesting for a few people uh, I don't really know too much myself about it to be honest but you spoke about how Celtic went in Dortmund and that and it was just one done I think Wolves have got safe standing in but was is there any? Is I know there's been different clubs up. There's been loads, mate. I see it, but loads. No, is uh, is Command not just put in safe stance? Aye, something there. Aye. So is is there totally other ones in Scotland doing it, or are there mobs doing well, South talking about when it? When it was first brought in, as I sort of said earlier, that was sort. I think what the club were loving. You know, they loved the sort of all eyes on them and. You know, everybody kind of watching how, because as we said, demand for it is everywhere. Uh, it's every every sort of support's got it, especially away from home. Um, or away supports have got people that stand, you know, thousands stand for the 90 minutes. But they had um, guests up every week. You know, see the first kind of fixtures that we were in the, the standing, they had, you know, all the ones closer to home. They had Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal, Everton, you know, loads of mobs like that. But I think the one that sort of it's been good as with Liverpool because Liverpool obviously all the stuff with Hillsborough and all that all those years ago and I, I think when when the sort of headlines and that first started coming out about Celtic you know getting standing at the football and probably understandably people yeah. were worried and people would think it was a return to the sort of old terracing and maybe you know the chance of anything God forbid anything like that happening again but Liverpool came up as a group of spirit of Shankly um, and others as well there was a big mob in them one day I think it was maybe if I can remember right it was only maybe a three or four games into the actual safe standing area um, and I met with a, a lot of them a lot of the guys that were there and they all had tickets to the sort of back of the curve um, but just watching how things were going and it was it was brilliant to see their reaction you know they were they, they realised then that it was nothing like you know the old terrace and it was you know these rails were it's kind of impossible now and impossible to have sort of injury or anything like that um, but when they came up I uh, done a couple of podcasts and stuff with them as well which was you know going out to thousands and thousands of Alex Gousers and um, I think it kind of 
and it's kicked on a wee bit down there as you've seen there's been other clubs that have uh, I think there's been a couple of lower league ones as well that have brought it in off the top of my head I, I can't remember something like that but uh, there was also like, a kind of legal thing down there as well that was one of the big things up here that we could put it in um, because you didn't have like the tailor report aye some lie it was like the green guide for mm. whatever it was um, and they couldn't get it but I think that's been sort of amended or changed or something so they've started kind of as you say about Liverpool you, you could see how they would maybe be a wee oh, bit definitely apprehensive about it, but when you were talking about on the last the last podcast there about how if there was ever going to be anything taking off in the UK it'd be for us aye. even though I'm not a great fan of Liverpool yeah. or any English team to be I honest supports get that they, kind of same they've got the, this, a kind of myth mythological kind of thing with the yeah. cop and difference and it, it's always kind of looked Aye. like a an Italian curver yeah. no, I, I mean, I mean Euro nights and different stuff and old videos you see for the 70s and Aye. 80s and kind of thing I remember Man United came up with their reps I don't know if it was like official reps or fan group reps or whatever but they were in in with Celtic anyway and they were looking to bring it in they're away end but they were looking at it you know solely health and safety because every single support that comes to Old Trafford is standing you know so they're getting whatever it is I don't know seven, eight thousand fans standing for the 90 minutes so they were and that kind of I always felt that was just again a pure total opposite mindset they're looking at it you know just for a hundred percent health and safety view whereby they have to start looking at it for their own if there's ever going to be this sort of you've got Stratford then Man that's it and there's been wee mobs not at Man United that have tried to get a wee bit going and uh, same with Liverpool at the spy on cop whatever the 1986 mob and stuff so you'd you'd hope that the clubs would maybe work with them and try and get areas where the atmosphere and all that can be created and then hopefully maybe see the mentality growing throughout there but it just I kind of felt like even when I heard that about Man United I was like they're just bringing it in solely for you know health and safety stuff so I mean I don't know I felt I, I thought when we brought it out eh, brought it in sorry it would roll out you know even up here with a couple of grounds that were possibly going to be into it but nothing really seems to be kind of happening with it um, and you know all the ongoing issues that we've got still uh, with the club it's, it's difficult I know so it's there's, there's always people kind of asking as well uh, do you think I've got my own personal opinion on it kind of thing but for you being in the meetings with selling and all that do you think they would ever extend it to an extent on your section or do you think they'd ever be scoped to Put it all the I, I think they would, mate. I think I think they would extend that. I think they're just need to get Taylor jump on. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> put them under the spotlight. No, I, I genuinely do think they would, but I know they're just they're they're really really again just so they're these guys like in these positions of power. You're you know safety managers and stadium managers and even the chief executives and all that. They're, they're running a business in their eyes, so everything's sort of just health and safety, money. You know they're liable for fucking risk of injury and stuff like that. So everything's kind of geared towards that. So I think for an atmosphere thing, they obviously see how great it is and how good it is. Um, but it's like ends a dream, isn't it? That's always even during the discussions, the early discussions that we never touched on. Um, Juki again, that was always his thing. He hated that, that wee corner that we're in. It was murder for you know vocals and 
TIFOs especially, it's like a fucking wind tunnel in it when we get the big banners and stuff like that out, so it was always Selic end was the goal, but any time we've kind of raised it, it brings its own problems with the, the uh, hospitality, corporate hospitality and all that behind the goals. You just never know where the future is, we say. No, definitely. When you look at kind of our earlier stuff, you never thought we'd even have a section at one yep. man, and then you'd never thought we'd have, <coughs> excuse me, Marine Block, yep. and then you didn't have like safe stand was like never ever going to happen for years it was like pipe dream yeah. feeding us a lot of shite Aye. then it happened then so no, I know, like, I never know what the future holds and Dortmund's probably a good example in it we, we speaking about them we Celtic looking at them to bring it mm. through and seeing what they've got with that full goal end and different things it'd be, it'd be magic but no it's just it's it can be hard work at times trying to deal with the issues because as you were t- touched on earlier about migration and overcrowding and lateral movement and they're all still there um, and I think until there's maybe a wee bit of change in mindset for others within the club um, we'll struggle to kind of see much change in that regard but here's hoping mate here's hoping I think we've just kind of covered I've probably m- missed out a million million details but as, as Tony said earlier we could talk here all night um, about all the in-depth finer stuff that happened but we've kind of covered everything there how we got uh, from where we were in the old block to the present day in the, the North Curve um, but as we, we said earlier it's stuff like that you know we're, we're looking to cover in these podcasts and, and release maybe a few more episodes things like maybe a, a specific North Curve one of the present day and the issues and stuff like that that's ongoing even giving yeah again more folk a, a better insight into the group with the, the politics side of stuff um, with the TIFO side of stuff because we could cover a, a whole host of stuff um, over the years with them as well but uh, like some of the, the kind of stuff that we're talking about it might not be everybody's cup of tea yeah the people might think listen to the the origins of the group it's kind and of boring one. and no interesting yeah. but then some people might be into that more than say standing but then you're, you're, we're kind of trying to give a wee taste of everything we're done so Aye. even though it might not be everybody's cup of tea it's, it's a part of the right. group you know what I mean and it's, I think it's interesting to see how we went from one for bodies at one man eight to three boys at one man one yep. to we'll say standing out of the room which is it's, uh, I don't know, 2000. Aye, two th- just under 3000, aye. So we've kind of went for, the newer kind of bits doing that's 900 odds. Yep. So we went for three boys at the back of one man one to 900. And, 900 and what's that, 14? Aye, the rest. 13 seasons when we first scored it. Yep. 12, 12, 13 seasons. Definitely. So it's been a fair journey. Aye. No, but it's, it's been well received as well. So just big thanks to everybody for tuning in. I think that first one shot through all the sort of thousands of hits on the electronic sort of all the kind of technical stuff um, but no just a big thanks everybody for tuning in and hopefully not be too long until we've got another wee one out there for you cheers